Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Welcome, everyone, everyone in the United States and around the world. A special shout-out to my friends from the U.S. State Department, Richard Roberts, who I first met in South Korea. He's with the embassy, then with him in Okinawa, uh, and I'm sure we'll have more traveling in the future. He is a great disability rights leader, as is Gang Young Cho, my friend in South Korea, uh, who I love, and uh, Cheryl Harris, who I first met when I did a show for Tunisia uh, and Libya, and now I'm so lucky. She's actually at the State Department in the United States. Uh, so hi, Cheryl and Venyamin. Venyamin in uh, Kazakhstan. And Venyamin, I think about you all the time. I, I know that must be so much tension for you there. And as I say on every show, Voice America and Bender Consulting Services, this radio show, we are all behind the people with disabilities in the Ukraine. It's such an honor for me to be on the National Board of the World Institute on Disability. And if you want to make a contribution, it's www.widwid.org. And you'll see that we're trying to get resources to get people out of the country. You know, imagine there's a bombing, you're in a wheelchair, or you're a person who is blind, and there you are. So mm. we're working to help everyone, you know, get them out of the country. And then, hey, China, Australia, Rwanda, uh, UK, it goes on and on, all these 17 countries uh, with listeners listening to this show. You know, as I say on every show, I don't care if it's one person, like the one person in Saudi Arabia, one person. That's how it starts, one person. Just share it with everyone. Everyone around the world listening, just share the show with your English-speaking friends, and you'll help make a difference for all people living with disabilities. Okay, Yoshiko Dart, special shout-out to you yes every show shout out to yoshiko because we have to remember uh her late husband justin dart so that's my way of helping you remember him uh, and i have to thank our great sponsor for the past many years and that would be highmark who is the sponsor of this radio show and on april 28th if you go to aapd.com, that is the AAPD Gala, and you will see David Holmberg, CEO, receiving the Corporate Champion Award by Senator Casey. And I will be introducing Senator Casey. Uh, and guess who is the MC? Jane Pauley. So we're, make sure aapd.com and the excitement just continues on. I'll have another announcement about another event in a few minutes. But right now, 
Oh, I love to talk about Dobies. Oh, <laughs> I love it, love it, love it. Because I am one, a disability-owned business enterprise. And once again, for a long time, long we still have this high unemployment, as you all know, double those of non-disabled and 70% not counted in the workforce. But for years, years ago, they always said, how are you going to get a job? Have your own company. So many people with disabilities went that route now. It has improved and wonderful things are happening that we're going to talk about on the show today. Uh, so, let me introduce to you Philip DeVlieger, who's the Vice President of Supplier Diversity. Um, and we have Cami Turcote, who's the Senior Manager of Supplier Engagement. And Kathleen Castori, who is the Supplier Diversity Mentoring and Development Counselor. And I am friends with all of them. Welcome to the show. Hey, Philip, let's start with you and your story. How did you become interested in diversity, which you have really gone a long way? So you became interested in diversity, and that led to disability. Let's hear your story, and then you can talk about your current position. Hey, Joyce, it's great to be with you today. Thank you so much for, for having me and, and our team on the call with you. So diversity, so, so I lived diversity, Joyce. Um, I am a gay white man with non-apparent disabilities. And you know, you could certainly uh, cross many different dimensions of diversity. I, you know, I check a few boxes there. So my passion around diversity has really been part of just who I am. Um, but when it comes to disability inclusion, um, I will tell you, like many people, um, disability has kind of touched my life in a personal way. And, and I'll share a story about how I kind of started on this journey. Uh, I had a niece um, who uh, was born with significant disabilities. And at the age of 10, uh, she passed away. And that was probably almost 30 years ago. And, and it made me want to um, support the disability community in a significant way. And then, obviously, um, my own non-apparent disabilities played a factor in that as well, but it was really niece who kind of put me on this journey. Wow. Well, hey, I have to ask you, explain to me what you do right now. So I lead um, our supplier diversity and certification program at Disability In. So Disability In is a, a nonprofit organization that helps businesses become more disability inclusive, and that includes within their supply chain, right, buying from disability-owned businesses. So it is my role to kind of lead those efforts and help our corporate partners and our Dobies like you um, to do business with each other. 
Well, may I say, I've known you, Philip, for a long time, and you are doing a great job. Philip is a wonderful person. He is the real deal. Um, you know, I just love him. He really cares so much, uh, and, you know, you're just done a great job. You're doing a great job, Philip. The whole disability community says thanks to you. Well, we can't do it. We can't do it alone, Joyce. So you know, we need people like you, business owners like you, to be part of our um, network and to be able to advance disability inclusion around the world. So, so again, thank you, Joyce, for all the work that you do. Well, yes, I just want to say something. You made me think of something, Philip. I did a presentation this year uh, for Austria for female-owned disability entrepreneurs. And, you know, so those of you in Austria, you've got to share this show. And now that I think about it, we have to make sure we get this through the State Department out because when I went to South Korea, the only people I met that had employment were disability owners. So, you know, this is going to be a great show for all of you around the world with a disability, having your own company. So, you know, and of course, everyone in the United States that owns their own business or, uh, you know, just got started uh, this, this is a great show for you. So I've also known Cammie for a long time, uh, who always looked out for me at all these <laughs> uh, conferences. And I'm talking about the great disability in conference that this year is in July. Who can tell me the dates of the disability in conference? The, this is, this is Cammie, Joyce. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, perfect. It's July 18th to the 21st. July 18th through the 21st. And if you go to Disability in, uh, is it disabilityin.org, Cami? It, it is. I believe there's a backslash conference. We'll get you directed to that page. But if you go to the main webpage, it should direct you there. Okay, that's disabilityin.org. Listen, this conference. Oh, my goodness. Like, just so you know, I've been there where they had made some people really, really mad. Oh, you're going to say why? Because they couldn't fit them in. That's why. But they did figure out how to get them in. I'm, I'm not kidding you. This, you've got to go to this uh, conference. And Cami Turcote, is that how you pronounce your last name? Uh, Turcote. But Turcote, Turcote, I, I answered all of them twice. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Cami Turcotte is the Senior Manager of Supplier Engagement for Disability In. So, Cami, I know you work with suppliers and you work with the certification process. Um, what, what exactly does that mean for people listening, you know, to the show? Um, and and how, did, how did you become interested in this program? But first, for people listening, tell us how you work with suppliers and the certification process, because maybe you, you should explain first that Disability In has this certification uh, for entrepreneurs. 
Absolutely. So disability end, as, as Philip mentioned a little bit about before, about what we do, um, is a, a national nonprofit that works across the enterprise to um, educate uh, corporations and other entities on disability inclusion. Um, this program specifically was built out um, because there was a need and a want by um, major Fortune 500 and 1,000 size companies to be able to identify um, business owners um, that had a disability. Um, which includes service-connected disabilities. So to those service-disabled veterans out there that own their businesses, we do certify them as well. Um, the program itself is about 11 years old, and um, both Philip and I um, and Kathleen's been around for quite some, <laughs> quite some time as well in, in a different role, um, but Philip and I have worked together um, in, in different roles over the past 11 years, um, and so we have a, we have a great working relationship um, the certification itself, um, like I mentioned, was, was, is about 11 years old, but was basically built um, alongside um, some of the other, you know, best practices and organizations that do certifications for other diverse groups like uh, WeBank, which is um, an organization that certifies women-owned businesses, um, NMSDC, which is, um, you know, certification organization for minority-owned businesses, and NGLCC, which certifies LGBTEQ-owned businesses. So um, we're, in, we're in great company with the work we do, and we work across the aisle as much as we're able to. Um, as Philip mentioned, disability is, is one of those um, categories and communities that really kind of reaches across all different types of, uh, whether it's gender identification, race, ethnicity, um, age, um, you know, it's something that, that uh, a lot of people don't understand until they're impacted by it. And so, um, you know, the, the program itself it was built on those same um, practices, if you will, as, as, as other organizations. And, um, you know, we've been spending the last 10 years really building the program. Obviously, uh, Joyce, you've been with us since its infancy um, and could not have done it without you, um, as well as a lot of our other stakeholders. And, and you know, that, that would include some of our, our large corporations that have come along and helped support the program over the years. Um, but also the community as a whole really kind of reaching out to other business owners, letting them know that we exist um, and that we're here to help support that community um, of individuals, um, you know, as business owners, whether it means um, connecting them to potential opportunities um, or helping them understand and leverage resources that are available to help develop their business. Um, and that would include things like mentoring and, and business development uh, type courses. Um, the certification itself um, is a pretty arduous process, um, and the reason being is it's very important that every business that comes in the door goes through the same process to ensure that everybody's held to the same standards and that we, we ensure that the business owners, like yourself, Joyce, um, are really the folks that are in charge running the business um, and that they are the ones that are making these day-to-day -day decisions, right, because certification is not necessarily something that, that will, um, you know, guarantee business, uh, but it's there is a process to ensure that these corporations, when they're looking out for these, these diverse-owned businesses, that they're able to identify who they are clearly. Um, and so uh, the program, while it has very high standards and rigor, um, we really feel it's beneficial to business owners where it makes sense um, based on, you know, if they buy or sell products, um, if they're looking to do business with large corporations. And, again, it doesn't have to be necessarily um, pencils or janitorial services. We've got all different kinds of business owners 
Um, obviously, Joyce's his company offers a ton of different services, um, specifically um, within consulting around ADA 50, is it 503 and 508, Joyce, now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, we have, we have a very large group of companies um, that belong to this community that are certified with us, but with their strength in numbers. So we're always looking for more businesses, um, you know, that, that are interested in getting certified. Um, it's not for everybody, but, you know, we'd be happy to chat or speak with anybody that has questions or concerns about what that process looks like uh, because there are certain, uh, you know, uh, I will say touch points you have to meet to apply. For example, um, we just opened up, um, you know, certification outside the United States but that's not necessarily open to the entire world right now. So we've really focused on the U.K. I know that Canada um, is in the hopper as well. Um, but, you know, we're, we're looking at businesses that are 51%, 51% owned, operated, managed, and controlled by a person or persons with disability. So, again, that can be somebody that was born with their disability, somebody that um, received it during their time of service to their country, or somebody that maybe had a, a very tragic accident um, and is now a person with a disability. So it looks different to everybody, and it does include disabilities that, um, you know, as Philip mentioned, are invisible, which are there are a lot of, a lot of us out there, um, and those that have physical disabilities as well, and that includes things like learning disabilities, cancer, diabetes, um, wheelchair users, individuals who are hearing impaired or deaf, visually impaired individuals. So the scope is wide and far. And so um, if you're a person that thinks you may meet the criteria, um, you know, please feel free to, to reach out to us. We would love to talk to you about um, what the program looks like, what some of the benefits are, and, and why a company should possibly apply for certification. And uh, it is a wonderful thing. You know, and I'll tell you why in a minute, but when, when Cami was talking about, uh, you know, the rigors, the speed, I want to tell you, you know, of becoming Adobe. It's not like come one, come all. You know, everyone knows I'm about no pity, but they really do an audit to make sure, yes, it's 51% owned by a person with a disability. So, I mean, this is more like corporate America. Uh, you, you know, the way this is handled, uh, and I love that about it. And I have to mention, I have to take a moment and mention how much I love the name Disability Inn. This is where I have to applaud the board because they used to be called USBLN and there was this time going on, what's the name, gonna, what's it going to be? And when they came out and said Disability Inn, oh my God, like I was so impressed. Why? I don't want to hear diversity, handicapable, disc with the small DIS ability. It's not the Americans with Diverse Abilities Act. It's the Americans with Disabilities Act. And of course, if you think I feel strongly on this, you should talk to anyone in the disability rights leader, specifically Judy Human. So when Disability Inn came out with that, oh, they impacted the entire disability rights community by taking that stand. So I just want to take a moment and congratulate you for that. And Philip, do you know what I mean when I say 
that you take this seriously when you audit uh, organizations to make sure they really are 51% owned by a person with a disability with good credentials and references. We do. I mean, we, we take it seriously because our corporate partners take it seriously, right? So when, you know, or when they're putting out in the public domain that they're spending X amount of dollars with diverse businesses, including those that are owned by people with disabilities, you better believe that they want to ensure that those businesses are who they say they are, right? So, so we take it seriously. And, um, yes. you know, again, it, it's a, a rigorous process, but at the end of the day, it's a tool that as a disability-owned business enterprise, you can leverage and use to gain access to opportunities. Yes, and I, I just wanted businesses to, that listen to the show to know how seriously you take that, and you have done a great job both ways for people with disabilities and for the business community. So, you know, um, and Cami hardest worker in the world you are mm -hmm. i don't know how you do it uh but you do during this whole conference and everything with the dobies oh my goodness um okay kathleen castori how mm -hmm. are you today kathleen oh wonderful wonderful how well, are you kathleen, i am mm -hmm. great thank you how did you first become involved with disability? And because, as Cammie was saying, you've mm -hmm. been there, but you were doing something else. And let's talk about what you were doing and what you do now. Yes, absolutely. So, well, first off, Joyce, thank you for inviting me to Disability Matters. Um, as a person with a disability myself, I appreciate all you do and the dedication and fight for those with disabilities, especially from an economic inclusion standpoint. So, so thank you um, um, for that. So, yeah, so this is kind of interesting. I think I'm going to do what Philip did. I'm going to go back about 20 years uh, myself and kind of lead up to how I got here. So about 20 years, about 20 years ago, she was a long time ago, but I had to do my master's thesis and thinking about what to do it on. And I wound up, I started out with like a multicultural marketing. I worked for a healthcare company, a large pharmaceutical company at the time. And um, I wanted to do something to maybe help me advance my career, right? Um, with, with, within healthcare. And so um, I did it on, um, I'll just give this, I won't give it a swanky, you know, didactic uh, title. But it was basically Hispanic marketing. You know, I started at multicultural marketing, but then I realized I had to kind of zero it in because I would have been like 300 pages. So um, I had this kind of affinity and, and, and thought process back then when I didn't know what like diversity really was, or but I knew there was a significance to um, how, how would we market and how would we brand to um, this minority majority, uh, you know, um, an Hispanic community. And so that was my first glimmer into let's call it it's something that's a little bit diverse or working with a minority or thinking about minorities. So from, from there, then after a number of years, I was with a procurement function, again, a, a very large a multinational uh, pharmaceutical company. And um, we didn't have a supply diversity uh, person, uh, certainly not a group or even an initiative at the time. But um, it finally became a job. So they, you know, sent it out internally. And I said, 
this is something I'd be very, very interested in. So ultimately, they got the job um, over a dozen years ago at this point or so um, as a manager of supply diversity. So it was a very nascent program that I had kind of built on it. From there, I was, you know, I didn't know anything about it either. So I relied on a lot of my corporate partners at the time, and um, I heard of Disability Inn. I'm going, hmm, you know, what, what is that? I didn't know that group. I knew, you know, basically what the government compliance-driven folks were, you know, the minor, minor, women, minorities, et cetera, veterans, et cetera. Um, but Disability Inn um, was something I, I just never heard of. And um, so when I went to my first conference, it was probably about 10 years ago, I'd say, um, give or take a year or so. But um, I went to my first conference, and it was, it was relatively small, and I think um, – Cammy and Philip could attest to it, considering to the tremendous, tremendous growth there that that's out there now. Um, and I was like, this this group is terrific, and I loved everybody. You know that Cammy and Philip. Um, and I was like, wow, I would like to do something within that realm. And then I had an opportunity to do that once I left my current position, my my position um, as Winley was a director of supplier diversity for the organization. And I worked with disability over the years, joined as a member, um, sponsored them. Worked to the mentoring program, um, and uh, I think I was on the one of the first. Um the first cohort for the mentoring program as well. Um, so I think it was there from the very beginning um, for the mentoring side, and I'll get into that more about my role. Um, so funny enough um, how things um, progress, and you never know where you're going. You're headed, right? Um, but, yes, I got very involved with them, and I just thought the, the group was terrific because I, I – I, what I really liked about it was that it includes, you know, it wasn't just women. It wasn't just focused on LGBT, et cetera. It was for everybody's included in the disability space. You know, every ethnicity, every race, every socioeconomic level, um, and, and, and all kinds of levels of disabilities, right? So, um, it was just a group that I got pretty involved with. Did I, Philip? Was I was okay? I was pretty involved, right? <laughs> as a corporate were. member, <laughs> as a corporate member, and again, like I, yeah. and, and again, like I said, I just love the, the the group working with supply diversity. I'm so lucky to be working with them now. Um, just like you said about Cami, I mean, I, she's like a miracle worker. I, I don't I don't even know how she keeps it all together, and she 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 does. She's fantastic, and I experienced that from when I was in the corporate side for many years as a corporate member, um, and of course along with Philip. Um, um, but, um, yeah, so that's kind of how I kind of got involved. So there was always a thought for many years ago, I think, that I was meant to be in some kind of working within um, a diversity community, whether it was disability in or, or the other communities and uh, different um, classifications. So that's kind of really how I started. And, and now that led me to doing – I left my, my job. I'm doing consulting now, and I work very closely, obviously, uh, and, uh, with uh, Joyce and uh, Cammie running the mentoring program now. And you also, yes, are a very busy person. And Kathleen, I also love working with you. So it's so great to have all all of you on. But it's on the half hour. It's time for our news break, uh, Advocacy Matters. And we have as our newscaster... Perry Jude Radisic for the past three years. So, uh, Perry, are you with us? Joyce, I am. I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you. So, Perry, what news do you have for us today? 
So, uh, Joyce, today we want to talk about equity and racial justice through the federal government. On April 14th, that was just last week, over 90 federal agencies released their equity and racial justice plans to the public. The plans were in response to President Biden's executive order on advancing racial equity and support for underserved communities through the federal government. Some of you may remember that on President Biden's first day in office, he signed this executive order way back in January 2021. Now, the focus of the executive order is to enhance equity work within the federal government, not just for people of color, but for all historically underserved, marginalized, and adversely uh, impacted communities by poverty and equity. So this includes certainly people of color, but also the disability community. The order directed all agencies to increase coordination and community with civil rights and community-based organizations and remove barriers to equality in the federal government, including barriers that block equity for people with disabilities. Now, President Biden has said that advancing equity is not just a one-year project, but a generational commitment. So this plan and all of these federal agencies' plans reflect the administration's commitment to BIPOC, LGBTQ, and people with disabilities. I'll give you just one example. The U.S. Department of Labor has a five-point plan to deliver equity through the Department of Labor for underserved workers, including people with disabilities. This includes wage and hour protection, removing systemic barriers to accessing unemployment, insurance, ensuring workers with limited English proficiency are aware of their rights, making sure our workforce is trained, and making sure that there is an apprenticeship program to create an equitable pipeline into federal employment. Now, advocacy matters. This is a lot of information, but if you are interested in learning more about these equity plans, go to disabilityrightspa.org, click on today's Advocacy Matters segment. You'll find a link to the executive order, a video from the release of the equity plans last week, and lots more, including all the agency's equity plans. So Joyce, this is an exciting development regarding the federal government and people with disabilities. It certainly is. That is wonderful. And Perry, uh, do you know how they're going to attack employment? Do you know? Have they said that in this, what they put out? Employing people with disabilities in the federal government. Yes. But they do not provide more detail. I think it's still going to be up to us to push the administration on attacking the employment uh, uh, issues for people with disabilities. Okay, well, you keep us uh, apprised of that. And by the way, Perry Jude Radisick is the CEO of Disability Rights Pennsylvania, which I'm so honored to be on the board of, and is a well-known national disability rights leader. We're so honored to have her on every show with the news. So, Perry, thank you, and keep us up to date on that. I will. Take care, Joyce. Thank you. Uh, Remember, everyone, we're the only source, only source where you can go every week to hear the news on what's happening nationally and internationally uh, with the disability community. So, Philip, back to Philip, my person, Philip. 
tell our listeners what the size was of the Dobie program for the first few years and what it is today, because I very well remember the first few years. So, uh, and I am, it's astonishing what has happened. So, take of it course away, you of, Joyce, of course you should remember, because you were like among the first disability-owned business enterprises to become certified, if not the first. Yes, So that's that true. was, what, 11 years ago or so? Yep, um, yes, it was. So we started out with, with a handful of Dobies and slowly grew that number. And I was just looking at um, a year ago today what that number was, and it was not a year ago. Let's just go back maybe five years ago, and that number was under 100. Today, we are four times that number. We are nearly 400 certified Dobe strong so, wow. so obviously, isn't it awesome? So obviously, wow. you know, the, the pace has picked up tremendously since over, what, 11 years ago. And, um, and it's a great thing. Oh, I know. I remember going and it just being a small mod. And you know, you know, Adobe can have Adobe as a customer. I am that person. I may be one of the first because uh, Caption First, Pat, has done the open captioning for this show for those 11, 12 years. Although the wow. show has been on for 19 years, so I guess from the beginning. But she has been a customer, a bender. How about that? So that just Absolutely. shows you. Not only could you go to the conference and meet a corporate 500 company, you could go and meet another Adobe like me and think about that contract, how long that's been. So, you know, there's so much opportunity. And once again, if you are a person with a disability and you own your own business and you're not certified by disability and Oh, my goodness, you're making a mistake because the whole world will be open to you. There isn't any other mm -hmm. place you're going to go where you're going to meet all the suppliers and HR people, major corporations. You've got to go. Disability in Conference uh, is, did you say the 18th, Cami? July 18th? Yes, ma'am. Through the 21st. In the Southwest. Dallas, Texas. Again, go to disabilityn.org and you can find out about this tremendous conference that is coming up for corporate America. And I'll tell you what, corporate America loves this conference. So if you're listening and you're at a business and you're not part of it, you should be because you're missing out if you aren't there. It is just a tremendous conference and so wonderful uh, for disability-owned business enterprises. So, uh, Cami, how do you become Adobe? 
And by the way, Cammie, I remember when it was under 50. And before you know it, there will be a thousand and just we'll need a thousand Cammies. Yeah, that would be wonderful if we could find a thousand Cammies. I would take even a thousand Phillips uh, or a thousand <laughs> Kathleen's or a thousand anybody. <laughs> um, yeah, so so the process, as I talked about before, and I know Philip mentioned, um, is very arduous, but but we've really tried to kind of streamline um, and make the hoops um, as accessible as possible, um, not only because, you know, we have obviously um, individuals who need a little of assistance, whether it's technical um, or physical, but um, we just recently opened up a new portal um, that we're hoping is going to be a lot more user-friendly um, for all of our users and stakeholders, which obviously includes um, applicants who are coming in to apply to get certified. Um, so what they would have to do is they have to be um, meet three specific pieces of criteria for the domestic certification, um, and that is 51% owned, operated, managed, and controlled, and have a disability. And that can be one person that makes up that 51% or more, or it can be multiple people. Um, they're also going to need to be a U.S. citizen or a permanent resident of the United States, and they're going to need to have their business headquartered in the United States. Now, if they can meet the other criteria, uh, being a permanent resident or citizen of, of the U.K., 51% uh, owned, operated, managed, and controlled, and have their headquarters in the U.K., they can apply for the, um, the very first <laughs> international certification for uh, disability-owned business enterprises. So there are a couple different options there, um, but they would need to, to meet those criteria. Um, they would log on to a system and register their company. And the system would really drive them through a number of pieces of information. Um, I would hope to chat with them first just to, to, A, allow them to understand kind of what to expect. Um, but that doesn't always happen. <laughs> Sometimes people work around me. Um, but we would want to make sure they have an idea of what type of documentation they need to be providing. So we're looking at things like uh, financial uh, business structure documents, um, tax returns, uh, resume, ID, things like that. And, again, um, one of the biggest questions we get for, for those who are listening and who may be interested is that, you know, why do you need all this invasive information? Um, I ha I'm a person with a disability. I can show you that. Um, the reason being is because just like every other certification out there, when a business comes in and applies, um, we really need to ensure that they have, uh, A, met the criteria that we require them to, right, and that B, that there's not somebody behind the scenes that's kind of utilizing that person's situation to try and um, really kind of leverage um, that certification for an ulterior motive. So the reason we ask for all these documents is everything that's asked and required of each applicant um, has a specific piece of information in there that ties out and shows um, who's running the show with the business, right? So if we're looking at tax returns or if we're looking at financials, we want to make sure that all those, those puzzle pieces tie out and make a beautiful picture that really kind of allow the certification committee um, to be able to make an approval on that company because they meet the criteria and they meet the threshold for what we require. Um, obviously, you know, we, we Philip and I and Kathleen, we don't make the decisions that's done independently by a committee. Um, but I, I promise you they have the best interests um, at hand, and they obviously want to see the, the program grow, grow specifically, but we also have to ensure that we're, we're allowing businesses that are legitimate and that are, you know, owned, operated, and managed, controlled by those 
um, those individuals who reside within the, the disability community and that are business owners. So um, hopefully that, that helps kind of clear up some of the, the information that, that they may be reading about or hearing about. Well, if you didn't do that, you wouldn't be protecting people like me, you know, other disability-owned business enterprises that take such respect, you know, and proud of what they do. So, um, you know, it, it isn't that hard as long as you're doing the right thing. It isn't that hard. But thank you so much, Cami. Uh, and before I go any further, Kathleen... How do you yes. work with the companies, the companies that use the Dobies? Right, Joyce, a great question. And I mean, I'm just going to take it back to kind of what my role is within the supply diversity um, group within Disability In. Um, and I want to talk about the supply mentoring program and just give a quick overview and a few benefits uh, on what that program is about. And then I'll let you know how, how we, we help the folks um, who are part of our mentoring program. So first of all, uh, the supplier uh, mentoring program is designed as an essential component to the development of certified disability-owned business enterprises per CAMI's definition, right? We all know the 51%, building more viable suppliers to better position them for growth, sustainability, and more importantly, inclusive in corporate and government supply chains. So that's just a basic overview of our program. And some of the benefits are to expand the business networks by developing lasting relationships between suppliers and corporate representatives. Also, we want to transfer that valuable knowledge, insights, and expertise from our corporate members to our Dobies. And again, very critical, we want to advance disability supplier inclusion at the end of the day. If anybody wants more information that's listening, you can go to our website at disabilityin.org and look um, under our supply diversity tab and you can find out more about that program. Um, you know, I won't go into uh, other issues, so they can go there to find that. But what what, what is my... Um, how do I get exposure for the Dobies? Well, there's a number of number of ways, and Joyce, you're included in that, by the way, as you know. So we'll we'll bring that up as well. So first of all, um, the the mentee mentor relationship number one is key. The the mentee is going to work with a mentor, one of our corporate members, and it doesn't mean it's just one person or it's a supply diversity lead or it's just somebody in procurement. You could work together with the various people within that organization based on those. Um, agreed-upon goals that uh, the supplier wants to work with for the course of that year. The programs are year-long. Are year so that's one of the one thing. So that's about relationships. We also have our special sessions that we do. We do six a year. This year was sponsored by Wells Fargo and Salvatore Enriquez, who's been a great partner um, from Wells Fargo. And these special centers are the development component, the educational component to this. And they're really only open to um, the people who participate in the mentor program. That's one of our benefits um, for being involved with it. So, for example, we've done sessions with some of our corporate members, um, and we also do some with our Joby members. So we've had a number of really great ones. We just did one with Twitter, which was excellent on social media. And our next one, our last one, is going to be in May because our program will be closing out for the new cohort to be coming in. And we're doing that with Wells Fargo, with one of their economists on the outlook of the economy for 20, after COVID for 2022-23. So these are the kind of topics and learnings that we have um, during the course, the course of the mentoring program. Of course, we have 
the master mentor, which is new for this year. And Joyce is coming back for next year, as far as I know, Joyce, right? We'll get a commitment uh, on air. Yes, I'm going to get a I'll put you on the spot. We'll get you on air. <laughs> we'll get it on I, tape. I'm going to join Marvel as a superhero. <laughs> yes, you should. You should. Um, that's funny. But yes, our Master Mentor is a new program that we have this year, which is um, led by Joyce Bender. And I don't know how she finds the time, her and Cammy. I don't know where they find the time to do things, but <laughs> Joyce, you're exactly the same. So you are a superhero. And hey, um, we've one, done. One mentioned there at the next one we have, Tony Quello is speaking for a few minutes. Oh, wonderful. And, and, secure. Yeah, Great. The, the next master mentor. Mm -hmm. Yes, and that's going to be in May. That's terrific. Um, but I'll circle back with you again on that as well. Um, but um, So we have the master mentoring, um, and that's how we, we connect people um, and get them exposure. You know, first of all, you, you really have to participate, right? Participation is key. You can't just come, show up, give a check, join, expect things to happen. You know, it's up to that person um, to, to really get involved, um, you know, who do people do business with, first of all? People they know, they like, they trust. And you can't do that without participation. So you also need patience. You need patience to build those relationships um, and building your, your network as you go along. And the mentoring program is a really great thing because we have certainly other mentors, um, other you know a lot of mentees, and we have a lot of the mentors, and there's like course pollination there. We do pulse checks during the course of the year, which is kind of free-form um, calls I have with uh, the mentors and the mentees, and we get to discuss things. It's just, a, like I said, a free-form session. Um, and everybody has each other's email so they can tap into each other um, as well. So there's, there's lots of different ways with which we can um, expose those dobies um, and get them into the right position. You know, at the end of the day, we want to use Joyce's term, sign the contract, right? We want to we want to um, create the the, the, the dobies to be contract ready, um, even more so than they are um, when they join the program. Right, and we want to give them that, that exposure um, with, during the course of the year. So that's that's some of the elements we have in the program. That's how we we have exposure um, within for for the Dobies within the mentoring program. Sign the contract. Right. My three favorite words: sign the contract. <laughs> and, and let me just tell you, I say this so much that when I was on a session, the disability and had, uh, had me on something with Raul uh, Suarez Rodriguez, my buddy, my, my Wild Sox companion, uh, right in the middle of it, he says, sign the contract. So yes, that mm -hmm. is our goal. That is our goal. Um, and before we go any further, I have to mention, uh, that on April 26th at 6.30 p.m., there's an online webinar. Now, this is April 26th at 6.30 p.m., a mental health education series with me, Catherine Perez, and Naheem, moderated by Elijah Armstrong for part of the Human Armstrong Award. You know, uh, Elijah was a Hearn Award winner at AAPD, and he's using his funds to move everything forward. And of course, Human is Judy Human. Uh, online webinar on April 
26th with Elijah Armstrong talking about mental health education. If you are interested in attending this, just get in touch with me, jbender at benderconsult.com, jbender at benderconsult.com, and I will get you uh, the information, but it's such an important topic. Um, and you all know, remember, non-apparent disabilities includes mental health disabilities. So many, so many people have non-apparent disabilities. They just don't want anyone to know. But I'm living with epilepsy and I'm hard of hearing and I am not ashamed and neither should you be if you are living with a non-apparent disability. So Philip, tell me, what message do you have for businesses about working with Adobe? And after you explain that, tell us how that is going to impact the company's ESG. Because I know with the DEI, the Disability Quality Index, which Ted Kennedy Jr. is so involved with, and David Casey, um, this all fits together. And the DEI is with disability. And so, Philip, how does that impact businesses? So, a great question, Joyce. Thank you. Um, I think, you know, my message to businesses um, kind of derives from, I guess, my own experience in the corporate world. When I heard diversity and inclusion, I always felt that it means everybody, right? So for those companies who aren't including disability-owned businesses within their supplier diversity program or initiative, they're, they're missing out. They're not including everybody. And they will fall behind, unfortunately. Because by using and utilizing and working with disability-owned business enterprises, it does contribute to an organization's ESG initiatives and goals. And, and for those of you who may not know what ESG means, that, in, that means environmental, social, and governance. So that social um, aspect of ESG is where that intersects with disability, right? So to be able to, to promote your organization as a company that is doing the right thing environmentally, socially, and, and in, in terms of governance, and you're not including disability, you will be left behind. So, so my, my word of advice is get on board, get in. Are you in and, and hmm. be inclusive of, of disability and disability-owned businesses? Yes, that is such great advice. Are you in? Bender Consulting Services is in, and Disability Matters is in, and so should you be. And remember, July 18th through the 21st, 
Dallas, Texas is the conference. Go to disabilityin.org and you can get the information. If you're a company, you're missing out if you don't work with Adobe because that ESG, tell, I'm telling you that when lenders or investors look at a company, they always look at the ESG. And right now, CEOs across America have been receiving letters saying, what are you doing with your ESG with disability? And keep tuned, keep tuned. Won't be surprised if there's some changes coming up with SEC. So just keep tuned. But I want to thank you, Philip, Cammie, and Kathleen for being with us today. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you, Joyce. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And I would suggest that you share this show with others. You're going to see me putting it out on LinkedIn. Uh, and Philip, you should get this podcast and put it on your Adobe page so everyone can hear you three great leaders over and over again talking about it. But we end every show with a quote, and today it is, the price of success is hard work, dedication to the job at hand, and the determination that whether we win or lose, we have applied the best of ourselves to the task at hand, said Vince Lombardo. This is mm. Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week. And in the words of Mary Brocker, remember, choose joy. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. We are the leader in live Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.